Just thinking about that song we've been singing about the firm foundation, He will never fail us. Do you know that's because of the grace of God? A love that demonstrates itself through amazing grace. And my message is entitled, The Gospel of Amazing Grace. And I want to start with a story. Can't you imagine if you're this vicious, vindictive person full of hatred for people and um, you love causing devastating harm in families, putting people in jail, killing people, and uh, you like to watch an execution. Have you ever watched these historical movies? I just think, whoa, to watch someone being hanged or had their head chopped off. Anyway, you're this kind of person. This is what you really love. And uh, there's so much hatred. And then one day you're going to your next city. You're going to turn this city upside down because you're such a meanie. Suddenly, you meet Jesus. Oh my word. Next minute, your sins are forgiven. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. And now God gives you a calling. Can I tell you, that's what happened to Paul the Apostle. That's who he was. Um, And when he began his experience with Jesus, he had a wrestle. Because when the full meaning of what he was doing came back to him and he realized just how wretched he was, he struggled with forgiveness and grace. He had to work it out with God. Outrageous forgiveness. Why would God call someone like him? Interesting, isn't it? And this is, In the book of Galatians, this is the background to the book of Galatians. Because he came out of his experience with Jesus with the gospel of grace. That we are saved by grace. And this is what he says in Galatians 1, the first chapter, 11 to 12. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man. Nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by the revelation from Jesus Christ. Every other religion gives you steps to receiving favor from God, except Christianity. Paul preached the truth that salvation is a free grace gift from God and can never be earned. Guys, we struggle with that. And maybe the best explanation of grace is found in his letter to the Ephesian church. Um, And I'm gonna read to you from chapter two, verse eight. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. He didn't look around table view and say, you know, he has a family that seemed to be quite good. They don't shout at the kids too much. Husband and wife seem to sort of be doing all right. He doesn't cheat at work. You know what? I'm going to call that family. Guys, we can't take credit. There's nothing that can take credit. He says salvation's not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Guys, when you've been a Christian for years, you still can't boast about your salvation. 
Paul says, the only thing I boast is that I've received the gift of grace. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. You know, Paul couldn't get his head around the fact that even when he was doing his best to destroy the church, God, God was busy making plans for his ministry. I want you to know that if you're here and you're far from God, God has always had a plan for your life because of His grace. Amen. So we can never earn God's favour because we attend church or serve. He doesn't love us any more or any less. Yes, God calls us to gather together. He calls us to serve. But we serve because of the grace of God, not to try and get grace. Does that make sense to you guys? It's so important. This was the foundation um, of our study of the book of Galatians. So Paul wrote the letter to the churches in Galatia, which was a province uh, in Rome. Remember, Rome owned most of the world and they divided up into provinces. The reason for the letter was Paul's deep concern that the members of the church were moving away from the true gospel of grace under the influence of teachers who were saying, hey guys, you need to add to grace. We want you to do these things and those things in accordance with the Jewish law. In particular, these guys were asking them to um, be circumcised. And if we go through the book, we see that there was an issue over what you eat. You can't eat with Gentiles because they eat food we don't eat and so on and so forth. Um, guys, we have to understand, Paul said this is a falsehood. Let me read it to you in Galatians 1 verse 67. I'm astonished that you so quickly, that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you. Another translation says abandoned. He, this is strong. He says, you've abandoned God. Sure, quite a thing to say. To, you, because the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. Remember, we're not only saved by grace, we live in grace. It's still grace that keeps you. And are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel. Guys, the truth, the simplicity, the purity of the gospel is the message of grace. Amen. We are saved by grace. You know that in the 20th century, I grew up in a church that had thousands of rules, <clears throat> what you could wear and what you couldn't wear and your hairstyle. Men had to have short back and sides. And I mean, I'm a craft say, but, but Jesus didn't have short back and sides. Shut up. You will have short back and sides, otherwise you go to hell. And the, the, the style for ladies, like a beehive hairstyle. That was really kind of cool. But you see, cool was evil. So I used to sit there and look and think, how did the devil get into that beehive hairstyle? <laughs> He's got to be lurking there if it's evil. Guys, we can't add to the gospel. Yes, we do need to be appropriately dressed, obviously. Um, you understand that. So, uh, we don't want any of you really coming in your bikini. Um, so we'll just keep, leave it at that. So in this letter, Paul aggressively 
tackle the problem of legalism, which is not only a Galatian problem, but has been a problem through every century and every decade of the church. You know, in the human heart, there's kind of a feeling, it, 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 it can't just be grace. Surely I must do some things to please God. I mean, I'll come to church in the rain. I need to supplement it by my goodness. You know what? I'll help with salt. I'll serve. Surely some brownie points somewhere and all of that. <laughs> you know what Paul said in chapter three, verses three to four. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? And we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. Why are you now trying to become perfect in your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? It's funny, when you decide, uh, you know, God has really stirred you up. Now, next week, I'm not going to fight with my wife. Ever tried that? I'm just going to be perfect. Makes a smile at the kids. Guys, have you found out how hard it is? Because we're not perfect. We, we, we just, we move into this week by the grace of God. Awesome, isn't it? Grace is the fruit of true love which has no limits and boundaries. You see, God's love spills over into grace for each and every one of us. You've got to understand that. Grace is part of love. It took Paul months of wrestling with God to try to understand how the love of God could extend to an evil man like him. He was evil. He was nasty. Why? Legalism is the opposite. Legalism hardens your heart towards other people who you think are making little or no effort to follow all the rules and regulations you follow. I grew up in this hippie era, flowers in the hair, and, and our parents went mad. What's wrong with you? Got to be disciplined. Yes, we got to be disciplined. But you, you, you can't be free. I think we missed, a, we missed a, a chance to bring in the music we've got now. Then it was hymns. Opened the red hymnal. And so kids ran for their lives. I think the church could be 10 times bigger. Legalism wrapped its steely arms around us. You know what happens? That when you are upset with other people for not following your rules, it quickly becomes hatred. And hatred has no boundaries. You see, it was legalism that put Jesus on the cross. It was these legal, adher slavish adherence to, to traditions that led to the martyring of Stephen, who was the first martyr. And Apostle Paul was holding the coats of those who were stoning him. Because what's going to be in our heart to start throwing rocks at a person. Guys, it's a lack of grace. You guys with me? And it's an interesting thing, and I don't know how true it is. Like, what we read on internet, is it true? It's been estimated that 70 million Christians have been martyred for the faith. 
mostly by religious people. This is what Paul said in chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions, traditions of my ancestors. When I grew up, I still remember uh, in the youth group fighting the pastor who wanted us to wear white shirts and a tie to your youth meeting. Help me, Jesus. Help me. That was the tradition. Any of you remember those days? <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Ladies, if you put lipstick on, the devil was on your lips, that's for sure. Okay. So I'm going to ask some application questions. You say, okay, Graham, I hear it, I hear it. I hear your story. I'm going to take it home. Um, I'm saved by grace. And, it's, and, and I love the message. Can we go and have some coffee? No. We're going to ask some application questions. First application question. Are you aware that the culture of this world lacks grace? It's everywhere. In our society, on social media, in the workplace, and in the sporting community, who would be a fool enough to become a coach or a manager and literally be stoned? I mean, I, I'm telling you what, if it was legal... How many managers? The Tottenham manager, bush, bush. I mean, it's just lots like that. It's a world that lacks grace. Bullying in school is an issue of grace. Would you agree with me? And I want to ask you, has this culture infected you? Is a graceless culture in your home? Do your kids want to come home? And guys, I'm not discounting discipline and accountability. And maybe we need to talk about that in view group, maybe. How, do you, how does grace fit in with those? But I tell you what, every member of a family knows whether there's grace or whether there's not grace. You see, what happens when there's a lack of grace? There's an inner harm that's caused to a child and rebellion, stubbornness, and a hard heart will follow. These rebellious kids, they're just so rebellious. Yes, part of it is the thing of becoming a teenager, getting caught up in peer pressure. But you know what? There needs to be a haven of grace in your home. Let me, let me read to you what Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 4. Fathers, stroke mothers, do not provoke your children to anger. You're saying, don't read that. I don't want my kids to hear that. By the way, you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from who? The Lord. Amen. So, in the last 2,000 years, the church has often strayed from grace, applied brutal legalism. It's very interesting if you study colonialism because part of colonial Conquest was to bring the gospel, but it was a brutal message. Um, it was not a message of grace that could be inculcated into communities. The crusaders for hundreds of years, so-called crusaded for the gospel, nothing of the sort. And the holiness group that was so strong in the 20th century. 
So you with me? First point, a question. Are we aware of the culture of gracelessness? And has it infected us? Do we need to distance ourselves from that culture? Second question. Do we understand the importance of protecting the gospel of grace daily? Guys, we've got to get up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Otherwise, we can be easily deceived. Very interesting, and I'm, I'm not going to read it to you. Paul has this ding with Peter, okay, the apostle Peter, and he shares it in chapter two. You go and read it. And what had happened and he said also Barnabas was affected by it. Peter understood that in the dispensation of grace, he could have a meal with the Gentiles and eat their food. Remember, Peter had that, uh, in Book of Acts, he had that revelation. But when the Jewish church leaders came, he actually snubbed the Gentiles. And Paul says to him, I mean, Paul straight down the line, he says, you're a hypocrite. I'm not so sure Paul should have mentioned that in a letter to the church. He was also on a bit of a grace journey. And by the time he wrote Timothy, he said, I'm the chief of sinners. The key thing about grace is never forgetting how undeserving we are and how privileged we are to have grace. Um, I just threw this in. I just felt God's, Give me three and throw in something that Jesus said in Matthew 7. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Only a few ever find it. Now, we obviously associate that scripture with, you know, people who just living for themselves and drinking and drugging and all the rest of it. We, we, we understand the wide gate, the broad road, many people are going down. But do we ever associate this with legalism and gracelessness? Uh, and, you know, even, even Peter being deceived. And I want to suggest to you that a growing appreciation for the grace and protection of a loving and generous God will help you find that road. Guys, there's nothing sadder. I mean, that, that was the whole thing of Galatians. Guys, you've missed it. You, you were on the road. You were there. You were heading for eternity. Now you've moved away. So my, my question to you is, are you protecting grace? You wake up in the morning just thinking, you know what? If nothing good happens to me today, I have my salvation. I am so privileged to have received the grace of God. Spiritual maturity, by the way, and I'm, I'm, and I'm still sticking on this narrow gate, narrow road, but spiritual maturity is, realize, is realized when we generously transfer the grace we have received to others. You know, our encouragement is for you to go to view, view group. Sometimes I'm tired, there's load shedding, all that kind of stuff. But you know that you don't just go to view group for yourself. You go to view group because it's an opportunity for you to share your grace with someone else. That's maturity. Maturity brings great blessing. 
Interesting thing about Jesus. Okay, there can be no grace without forgiveness. Jesus never gave lectures on grace, but everything he didn't say was about grace. And it's interesting on the cross, Luke 23, 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dust. If Jesus hadn't forgiven, where would we be? where would we be today? He kept his heart pure. He kept grace in focus and said, Father, forgive them. Another interesting thing was his interaction with the thieves on the other side of him. You know, for, for someone to, have, to be crucified, they must have been a real problem in society. To the one thief, he says, I want to assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. So even when he was dying, he was still sharing grace. Amen. And he shared today. Can't believe it. You see, grace is a gift, a state of kindness, undeserved favor. If somebody deserves your attention, or your giving. That's not grace. In a way, that's a bit of payment. Like, phew, you've been so good to me as a present. Okay, so the first point, second point was on a daily basis, we protect the gift of grace in everything that we do. Third point, what's your motivation for doing good things or the right things? What drives your Christian lifestyle? What motivation has brought you guys to church this morning? Why do you serve? Why do you go to view group? Why do you give tithes and offerings? Come on. It's going to give you some brownie points, eh? That when there's a problem at work next week, hey God, hey, I'm the faithful one here. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. You know what happens when we kind of do things to, to win other... Guys, it could even be brownie points with the church leadership. I hope you're noticing what I'm doing. You become easily disappointed and sad and let down. And the question you ask is, God, what more do I need to do for you to notice me and recognize me? Right? The guys with me. But when everything we do is, a, is because our heart is swamped by grace, we will live by grace. Last, yo, last question. Do we live a lifestyle? It's, it's all, this, all these questions are, are kind of interconnected. Do we live a lifestyle of showing grace to those who don't deserve it? Very interesting. You must read the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5 and 6, where he says, if somebody slaps your cheek off of the other cheek, would you ever do that? You've got to be joking. Like, smack the other cheek. Call the men with the white coats. It's an interesting thing. Jesus is so interesting. He doesn't say, hey guys, I want you to show grace. He just throws these things out there. Just throws it out there. 
The religious leaders were offended by the grace he showed to sinners. Even as a meal with sinners. You know, Zacchaeus was a, he was another person who was undeserving. And he's hiding in the tree and Jesus stops and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house for lunch. The religious leaders were highly offended. But you know what? That grace that he showed released Zacchaeus from his sin. He gave everybody four times what he had stolen and gave half to the poor. Wouldn't it be wonderful if Saul says, hey, we've taken too much money from you. Four times back. Woo! You could have a holiday in Mauritius, couldn't you? <laughs> Guys, you understand where I'm going? Um, the woman caught in adultery. Jesus wrote the sins of her accuser in the sand. And as they left, He said this to her, where are your accusers? In John 8. Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, my Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. That's grace. Amen. This is totally awesome, isn't it? I wanted to spend some time speaking about the story of the prodigal son. But time has passed us. It's, 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 it's the most impactful story of this man who wastes his inheritance, the father who's lovesick, looking out for him, the brother who's so indignant. You see, when we show undeserving grace, somebody else is going to be upset. Funny, there's a parable about this guy that pays all the workers and he pays everyone the same. And the workers who started at eight in the morning are furious because the guys who started at four o'clock got the same pay. And Jesus says, that's what the owner of the vineyard can do. You know, we can sometimes see somebody who's a new Christian being blessed and think, where's my blessing? It's all grace. Everything is grace. God can do what He wants. That's why you must always have an expectant spirit because God blesses you out of grace. The sad, that, Older brother was so offended. You know, there's always a danger that when we've worked hard, we've had some disappointments, that we can become like the older brother. We, we can become offended at the grace that God gives. And it's one of the things as we, as we leave today, I want to ask us, to maybe think about it. Think about it. Do I get upset when I see the grace of God in other people's lives? I want to tell you this, that there are many people who are like the younger brother. They've lost their way. And God wants us to have the Spirit of the Father. Why? Because it's a missional Spirit. This church will grow this church will reach the community when we reach people who are so undeserving. Would you agree? That we reach out to people who deserve hell. The grace. We want to be a grace church. I'm closing with the words of amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear relieved. 
How precious did that grace appear. The hour I first believed, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. The grace that brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. Do you know the man who wrote that? was the ship's captain, John Newman. He was a slave trader. He he was driven by status and money. Worked himself up, became a captain of a ship that moved slaves from Sierra Leone to the West Indies. One of his trips in that boat, they were in a storm and by all accounts, the ship was gonna sink and he was gonna die. Cries out to God. Said, God have mercy on me. If you save my life, I'll serve you the rest of my days. God saved him. And do you know what? He walked away and studied for the ministry. Not only did he become a pastor, but he became a strong abolitionist and played a role in the Brits making slavery illegal. But he never forgot the amazing grace. And what he used to do, he was so talented. Before he preached, he would just write a song. And one of the songs is Amazing Grace. You know what? I never sing it without being stirred. Because inside of every one of us is a need for amazing grace. Shall we stand as a church? Let's stand, church. I sense the anointing of God. Guys, The human heart is complex. On the one hand, we want to receive and give grace. On the other hand, our heart can so easily harden. We struggle with forgiveness. Remember, we cannot give grace without a heart of forgiveness. Jesus is our leader because He said, Father, forgive them. He forgave the thief on the cross. The other thief didn't want salvation. Let's just close our eyes. I want you to speak to God. Guys, if you've lost your way, you've fallen away, and maybe you haven't gone to the extremes of the younger son, but you know that you've embraced other gods, you've, you've followed stuff, you've lived for yourself. You're not happy. You're not close to God. Or maybe you're living in bitterness. There's so much stuff you're holding on to. You're a Christian, but you can't let go of things. You cannot receive that grace for yourself and dispense it to others. It's, you're held in bondage. I'm asking you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to free us in this moment, whom the Son sets free. It's free indeed. Is there hurt and disappointment in your heart this morning? Life is tough. So many people over the years, a business partner has run off with all the money, had to start again. You know, I can think of that older brother. Once his brother took his half share, he probably had to work double time. And guys, I'm not condemning the older brother. I'm just saying, that God wants to release him from that bondage and to have the heart of the Father. Please God, I ask you to give us the heart of the lovesick Father. 
that God, we will never stop praying for people. We'll never stop reaching out. We will never stop giving to those who are undeserved. As I close, is there anyone here? You say, Graham, I want to come back to Jesus. I want that grace. What's so amazing about grace is that once I was lost and now I'm found. Paul, to the day he died, could not believe the free gift of salvation. It, it, it transfixed him. He couldn't allow the church to go down a legalistic road. Grace was too precious. And if you need the grace of God this morning, all I ask those, just raise your hand and take it down and say, Graham, I want grace this morning. I think there's a hand in the middle. There's a two hands. Anybody else? Hands on the right. Come on. Jesus said, the, Jesus is the lovesick Father. God the Father is lovesick. He's saying, please come back to me. Please, please become a child again. Is there anybody else? Come on, just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent of grace. There's the hand of a young child. There's another hand. Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You in Jesus' Name. And I thank You from the bottom of my heart for Your amazing grace. Please forgive me. Come and live inside of my life. And God, I ask You to give me the power to give Your grace to others. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, was it not good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Uncle Graham. What a powerful message, hey? And um, if you are getting baptised, if you came to church today knowing that baptism was your next step, then you can leave and begin to get yourself changed. If you have made the decision in that service, please also go to the bathroom now and get yourself changed. If I can ask everybody... We want to do this together. And this is a, a celebratory moment. So we have one further song planned. And if you can, please stay with us and celebrate as people get baptized this morning. If you gave your life to Jesus this morning or need prayer, we have male and female prayer counselors to my left, your right, and you're welcome to go through that door.